Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in for Bearcat Rewind. We hope you're still doing okay without any sports being played right now due to COVID-19. It's best we're taking those precautions, but still, it has been rough not having any March Madness this year. So since we should be in NCAA tournament mode, we're releasing this on March 30th. We're sticking with the basketball theme for this podcast. Today we're talking with one of the most prolific shooters in Northwest basketball history. That's Kelly Nelson. Kelly held the program record for the most three-pointers in a career with 202 until Jalen Haggard passed that mark in the MIAA tournament earlier this year. The most threes in a single game still belong to Kelly, though. That came against Truman State back in 2008 during her senior season. Kelly is also third in career steals at Northwest Missouri State. And she capped her senior season with a great run late in the year to capture a spot in the NCAA tournament. Northwest was 14-13 and heading into the MIAA tournament that year. They knocked off Missouri Southern. Washburn and Southwest Baptist to win the championship and earn the conference's automatic berth. When the NCAA tournament started, the Bearcats were the 8 seed taking on the 1 seed in the host school West Texas A&M, which was also the team that knocked out Northwest the year before. And the Bearcats went out and upset the Buffs on their home floor in overtime thanks to a half-court shot. And then Emporia State ended up edging Northwest in the next round, but still quite a run for Kelly in that senior class to go out on. We'll cover that and much, much more here on Bearcat Rewind. But we want to remind you, that our podcast is brought to you by the Northwest Foundation, providing support for the Northwest Alumni Association and the university's funding needs since 1971. More information is available on Facebook or online at nwmissouri.edu slash alumni. In Mosaic Medical Center, Maryville, Mosaic provides orthopedics and sports medicine services. For more information, mymosaiclifecare.org slash sports. We spoke with Kelly about playing at Northwest, her three-point record that stood for 12 years, and how she became a sharpshooter at Northwest Missouri State. Kelly Nelson is our guest on this edition of Bearcat Rewind. Well, today joining us on Bearcat Rewind, it is Kelly Nelson, a former guard for the Northwest Missouri State women's basketball team and uh, still holding quite a few records at Northwest Missouri State for her time there. And Kelly, we appreciate coming on and talking with us here on Bearcat Rewind. Still around Maryville, and, and you've kind of been up here in this this Northwest Missouri corner of the area for quite a while. What's it been like for your perspective of seeing kind of a new regime come over, but uh, with Austin Meyer and Adai Houston, but guys that have that Bearcat blood in them, what's it been like for you to see them take over and start, try to turn this thing around similar to what it was like when you were in college? Well, actually, it kind of makes me feel a little old because I played with Austin <laughs> and Adai when they were playing. So, um, But I think they've done a really good job. They've really come a long ways in their you know, starting, what, their third year here. Um, second or third year, and um, I actually had to die as my grad assistant, so I know he's a fantastic, like, just one-on-one teacher, coach, break it down to the fundamentals. So um, you can really see the improvement in the girls, and I think I think they're really going to turn the program around and get it up and going again. So I'm excited for, to watch them the next few years. Well, he was a great guard when he played at Northwest, but then also mm-hmm. working with the guards so much from his time mm-hmm. as a GA all the way up now uh, as an assistant coach. What is it a guy like that does that pushes the button so well to get the most out of his players? Well, um, I don't know if he does it now, but um, he used to actually play against us. And so, I mean, he's, he's quick, he's fast, and, you know, he's been in every situation. So that was always really good. But he was really – he's just a really, really good teacher for guards. And he's really good about breaking down different scenarios and ways to help, um, you know, kind of get the space that you need if you have a really good defender on you, um, and just different scenarios. So um, Adai, just re- he's just really, really good. Like, if, if he wasn't a coach, I think he should totally be a teacher. So um, 
but he was fantastic to work with, and I, you can tell the improvement in the guards because of him coming in. So you watch the interaction with um, this current team and, and with him, and then of course with Coach Meyer too, and you really do get that feeling that there is a lot of trust going back and forth, and there's a lot of love between the players and the coaches already. And I have have to assume that that's huge for the chemistry and the camaraderie where you're trying to win now, but you're also trying to bring in some new recruits, build for the future, and being able to kind of have that two-way communication and that trust just has to be huge for both the coaches and the players. Yeah, I mean, it makes you more comfortable out on the court, which is fantastic, and it also makes you able to kind of bring your best self out, I feel like, out on the court. Um, And I think this year you could really see that because, you know, that first year I think everybody was kind of adjusting to each other and um, getting used to the system, the new system they're implementing. So you could tell this year there was a lot more comfort, and they – they were playing to their strengths. So when you came to Northwest Missouri State back in the early 2000s, as you're wrapping up your high school career up in Exira, Iowa, what was that recruiting process like? Coach Steinmeier, I spoke with him just a little bit before to, to kind of get some background, but he mentioned that he went up to watch you play one time, and he sat next to a JUCO coach who, had all, who told Coach Stein, I've already signed her, she's coming with me. And then he leaves there, the season wraps up, I guess, and he said that you called him and said, why didn't you recruit me? And he thought that you were long gone already, then you ended up coming to Northwest. Can you kind of give your perspective on that story and, and how that worked out that you ended up as a Bearcat? Yeah, so I didn't know Stein came to watch me, actually. Um, well, especially during that time. But um, I did not – I hadn't signed anywhere. Um, and my towards the end of my senior year, um, a neighboring town, um, Elkhorn, Iowa, which is one of my biggest rivals, their coach, Doug Newton – had contact down here in Northwest. He went here, um, and he actually somehow contacted, I don't know who, honestly, and then asked why Stein wasn't recruiting me, and somehow it kind of got back, and then they did reach out to me. So I came down for a visit, and um, and this was, like, late in the game. I think this was, like, April, maybe, of my senior year. March or April of my senior year, I came down for a visit, and, you know, I, I played, like, the high school tournaments down here, you know, did camps and stuff down here, so I was pretty familiar with Northwest. Um and I, I mean, I loved it, and I kind of always wanted to come here. And so we kind of talked, and they said I could walk on as a freshman. And so I was like, you know what, this is where I want to be. Because I, I looked at a few other, like, D3 schools in Iowa, JUCOs in Iowa, um, and just a few other places. But I kind of knew this is where I wanted to go. Um, I wanted to major in business management, and I knew Northwest had a really good program. And um, so I ended up walking on my freshman year. I, I mean, I decided – really late in the game my senior year to come down and I'm glad I did I loved it I loved it all four years I was here so and now I live in Maryville after living in Kansas City for 10 years and I'm back so <laughs> you just Clearly, can't get away it works so. <laughs> but in, in, a, the, in the way coach Stein talked too it was kind of just like falling into the money at that point too to where he didn't really have a scholarship left to give at that point and that you still want to come on and be a walk-on at Northwest and of course you eventually um, right away earned that scholarship and were worthy of it from the start but uh, I assume that that the way you're kind of talking it was kind of Northwest or bust as far as a a playing career well I mean yeah I probably would have like walked on no matter what but I just I just didn't really feel um, I mean I liked you know, certain aspects of the other schools I went to, or um, I like maybe their coach or their program, but I don't know. I just felt like Northwest as a school and just being comfortable and whether I played basketball or not, like I knew this is where I kind of just needed to be. Um, And so if basketball didn't work out or if it did work out, bonus, 
but um, it, it just kind of, yeah, it all fell into place. I mean, there was a lot of work. There was, you know, a lot of time, a lot of effort, but um, it just kind of all fit. And it also helped um, that my freshman year, I mean, we came in, there was nine of us, like nine freshmen, and we only had, what, three upperclassmen my freshman year. So that freshman year, man, it was, whew, it was kind of a beating, but um, it was totally worth it. The girls are great. Um, they're still really, you know, we're good friends. And I think it was just, it was meant to be. So. Well, you get in those first couple of years in, in Northwest, hanging around 500 for your freshman and sophomore season. Then your junior year, you go 18 to 12 and you take a, a big step. What were your expectations going into the senior year with that group that had been together for going into its fourth year? Um, well, I think at that point, you know, like we all knew each other, we knew each other's strengths. Um, we knew how we could try to mix things up. We could try different things. And I mean, we wanted to do well, like we wanted to prove what we could do. Cause I feel like our junior year, yeah, we turned it, you know, we turned, turned it over a new leaf, but I feel like we still weren't playing to our um, potential. And I feel like our senior year, we were really just, you know, motivated turn you know we just we wanted to do it and um i know stein mentioned um our central game at central which was one of those days games you just kind of want to forget but um it was i think it was a turning point it was something we kind of a wake-up call we needed and after that you know won the conference and then went down to texas and played so yeah we did pretty well our senior year well, and, and as you go through, and, and you mentioned that, that game uh, on the road against UCM, and you bounce back right after those two, and you get a win over Truman and I think Pittsburgh State, both of those at home. Um, but the Truman game specifically, that one has to really stand out for you. Does, does anything kind of stick out? <laughs> You're <laughs> yeah, feeling, feeling pretty good going into that game? <laughs> <laughs> I honestly don't know. I mean, I, I did this. I was very superstitious, so I did the same thing for every game. Um but yeah, that was that was a really good home game. It was a lot of fun. Ended up so. finishing with thirty-one points, nine of seventeen from three-point range, which is uh, Northwest Missouri State record, and a nine-three-point makes uh, in a game. Also, five rebounds, three steals. So, whatever whatever happened to work that game, you really took off and uh, um, broke the one thousand point barrier in that basketball game as well. So, uh, I mean, that's a a big game for you, your senior year. The everything kind of coming down the stretch, and um, to be able to, I think, going up by a handful of points at halftime and go up to win by nearly twenty. That's um, that was kind of a statement game. At think I think for Northwest, getting a little bit closer to March and a chance to get into the MIAA tournament and beyond. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... And I didn't know about any of those things at all going into the game. I really had no idea. So um, I just remember when I had the – I hit the A3, which, again, I didn't know. Um, the next time I threw up a three, and I, it rolled in and out. And I thought it was really weird. Like, the entire crowd, like, stood up and was like, oh, <laughs> like, so bummed that I missed it. And I was just like, okay, that was really weird. Um, but then they called the timeout or no, then I ended up, um, I don't know, made a few possessions and then I hit one down in the corner that got it. And I, and I didn't think it was, I, I didn't know what was going on. So it was really funny because then they called the timeout and then during the timeout they announced it. And I was like, and I had no idea. I literally had no idea. So after the game, it was more exciting, but during the game, I just thought it was really weird that the crowd was being really weird about <laughs> three pointers. <laughs> so, Looking back now, I should have probably got on 
Well, and so yeah, it was a really good game. This was another wrinkle that that Coach Steinmeier was filling me in on that uh, uh, there was some obscure rule that the official that happened to be in the game was one of the few people apparently he's talked to that that knew about it. But um, Truman sh- had a shot that went off the rim and out of bounds, and so because it wasn't a true change of possession, I guess with a normal turnover or whatever, you couldn't have a substitution. So he was trying to take you out prior to that. The officials said no, so you got to stay on for at least one more possession, and then you knocked down the three-pointer for the record. So that's that's the way Coach remembers that one. I don't I know if you remember that. that. <laughs> no, I didn't know that either. <laughs> We're just that's trying cool. to break news on the podcast, you know? <laughs> yes. Thank you for all the information. Four yeah. years later. <laughs> well, Coach Steinemeyer's got a whole lot more for you, too. So, um, I'm sure he does. <laughs> well, you get done with the regular season, and I think you're the five seed going into the MIAA tournament and, and basically in a spot to where you have to get hot and and uh, go on a run to be able to make the NCAA tournament by winning um, the conference tournament championship. Do you remember many much about those three games back-to-back, about what was clicking uh, that particular weekend? You know, um, I will say, you know, when you play sports like your whole life, you kind of, I don't know how to describe it, but you feel like the vibe, like you just have, and I remember when we went down there, the whole time we were down there, it just felt like everybody was on. Like, it, it, I don't know how to describe it. I don't want I don't have the vibe. I don't know. But um, the first game we played Southern, and then we played Washburn. And the Washburn game, we hadn't, we hadn't beaten Washburn, like, I don't think in my entire four years. And, um, or, well, actually, no, we beat him my senior year at home. Um, and that was a huge, huge, huge deal. And then we went down there and we beat him the second game. And I remember, like, we were just clicking. We were just gelling, and it was amazing. And then we played Baptist for the championship game. And, again, same thing. So it was just one of those. I just felt like it was you were on a high that whole weekend. It was just, it was a really fun weekend. I remember a lot of it, um, and we all we really enjoyed it. We had a great time that weekend. It's it's hard to describe, I guess, when you feel like your team's just clicking at the right moment, um, unless you're on it or you've experienced it. But it's it's a lot of fun to be a part of when that happens. Well, you know, you too, you go through and um, you get that first win over Southern, and you know, okay, hey, we got one out of the way, that feels pretty good. But then you beat the two seed in Washburn, it kind of opens up everybody's eyes. I'm like, man, they they might go ahead and steal this whole tournament at that point. So uh, it's just huge how those little things kind of snowball. Was that one of those years also that the men's team also won the conference tournament and the Bearcats uh, swept everything? Yep. yep. They did. How crazy is, are those tournaments like that? I mean, of course, we've seen the, the men's team win here these last four years, and, and the women's team got a W over UCO this year, and we're kind of seeing things build up on the women's side again to have a chance to do that. But what is that atmosphere like in Kansas City when you have a chance to do something like that? It's so fun, especially for all the fans. You know, they come down and they get to watch both teams play and cheer everybody on. So um, Bearcats have such a good following here um, from people from Maryville plus alumni and Kansas City has a huge alumni um, representing down there, so um, it's just it's just a lot of fun. It's good for everybody. So now your senior year, you win the MIAA tournament, so you punch your ticket into the NCAA tournament. The year prior to that, West Texas A and M ends your season in the regional, so you get to go to West Texas A and M and see them again, which ended up being an overtime thriller. But did that feel pretty good? Kind of get the monkey off your back of going in and beating this team on their home floor. Yes, and then also 
on a last second shot too. So to make it like even more crazy. Um, and they had, I can't remember their winning streak at home. I don't know if Stein might've told you, but it was, I mean, it was extremely impressive and we broke it, um, with that half court shot at the last second. So, um, yeah, that was, that was definitely a game you'll never forget. What do you remember about the huddle or, or does anything stick out as you're going into that before Megan gets the chance to knock down that buzzer beater? No, I mean, really, we kind of had, you know, our play drawn up because we, we got the ball at the other end. And it was just a matter of whoever could get open. I mean, at that point, trying to get open. And um, I just remember when she released it, I seriously don't think I, like, was able to breathe <laughs> for I don't know how long. And then when it went in and we all freaked out, but then, of course, you know, they had to review. So then there was. I can't remember how long it took, but it seemed like it just took forever for them to finally say we made it. And so it was, um, yeah, it was definitely a memorable trip to Texas. That's for sure. And, you know, you go in the next game and, and you, you fall to Emporia State, which, uh, again, a, a great Hornets basketball team there. But you at least make a run there through the MIAA tournament and you get that first run of the way um, on the other team's home floor in the first round of the tournament. But, how fun was that senior season when you kind of look back at some of those memories and you kind of think about what you guys did and, and how big that was? Does that kind of still bring a smile to your face there? Yeah. Um, the senior year was definitely our best for sure. Um, just the memories of the girls, the road trips. I mean, we went to Hawaii that year. Um, and, you know, then we went to Texas and then the MIAA tournament. So there's, there was just a lot of great just time spent together, whether on a bus, plane, or you know, on the court together. So, um, yeah, it was definitely a year with a lot of really, really good memories with the girls. Were you still hanging your hat on your career three-point record? Because it was 202 until Jalen Haggard just broke it this year. So is that a little depressing seeing her come out and shatter your record? You know, when she did it, because obviously um, I knew she was getting close. Um, when it happened, it was a little bittersweet. Like, I was really, really excited for her because that feeling's amazing. Um, and she still has a whole other year, you know, to go. So she's going to crush it. But, but it was also like, man, 12 years, you know. So, but I'm, I'm glad I got to pass the torch. She's a good kid. So hopefully she can run away with it. When you were coming out of high school, I mean, were you a dangerous three point shooter? I mean, was that kind of your MO going into it? Or is that something that developed more at Northwest? Actually, um, I mean, I shot the three in high school, um, but I was point guard the whole time in high school well even from when I started playing basketball I was always a short quick one so I was a point guard but um my sophomore year Megan Blay um she was our point guard and I usually her and I would just you know sub in and out for each other to cover the point position and during preseason of my sophomore year um just kind of messing around we're like let's be on the same team for once you know like during scrimmages and stuff and so and this is like coaches weren't allowed to be a part of it like it was just us girls kind of getting together just scrimmaging and um we we were on the same team and I was able to just play the wing and it was like instant loved it I mean I could just run um it worked really well for play and um yeah so then we kind of just started implementing it more and more and then I really only had to play the point then as like kind of the backup I really didn't so so I would say by the end of my sophomore year, I'd pretty much transitioned to the wing position, and I loved it. And that's when I actually really kind of had the freedom to start shooting the three. So, and sometimes it just takes. It wasn't. It wasn't initially in the plan. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you just let the players play and see what works, right? Yeah. Right. Whenever you go back through and you think about your college career, 
the the way that Gene Steinmeier and Lori Hopkins would mesh with with the differences that they were as far as you know if Coach Stein got to be a little bit high strung at times, but if Lori was kind of that calming factor, how well was that? Uh, that relationship and how well did that work obviously with uh, two people that still get along very well and ended up having a lot of success here at Northwest. You know, Lori and Stein, um, Lori, I feel like was kind of like our mother hen. I want to say of our team. She was really good at just with all of us, like having the good relationships with all of us girls and keeping us all on track and, you know, helping us with anything and everything we needed. Um, and Stein was always good about telling us stories and, you know, <laughs> well, helping with plays and whatnot. Um, and so they made a good team in the fact that they had a good balance. So we always kind of had – we had Lori who we could always go to, you know, for anything and everything, whether it's basketball-related or not, because um, you kind of become a family unit when you're on a team like this. You're together all the time, the whole season, um, the whole – technically the whole school year. Um, and then Stein was, you know, more of the – well, he was the coach, you know, he was the one that did the scouting, the plays and all that. So um, it was a good team. It was a good fit. And then I think everyone kind of had to adjust, you know, by my freshman year when you have nine freshmen and like three or four upperclassmen, I think everyone had to kind of take a step back because they had to literally reteach everything to all of us because, you know, they had different defenses, different system. Um, so by the time our senior year rolled around, I feel like we all kind of had to, we all kind of understood each other and, knew the system of the program so it worked really well now after being out of college basketball for a while i feel like the competitive nature of someone that was in college athletics is something you can't just shake very easily <laughs> and i have it on good authority that you're currently training for a half marathon so oh, how does man. how does that a little bit different does it go from kind of competing against other people to just a mental thing of competing against yourself or are you actually like setting a time of like i'm going to beat a certain time when i get out there and run it um, I'm not going to lie. I was a sprinter in high school and this half marathon is like brutal. Like, <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> so brutal. <laughs> just full disclosure, but, um, yes, I have a set goal, a set time and I get very frustrated if I don't reach a certain time for each mile. Um, but I'm also, man, it's hard to admit, but like I had a baby, I'm getting older and like, <laughs> it's harder now too. I mean, it's, it's getting harder, but, um, I still really enjoy like, being competitive I have, I have lots of nieces and nephews I still get to play with um trying to teach my daughter tricks already she's already around a lot of sports which is great um we're already working on like dribbling and things <laughs> but, um yeah it's it's hard to get rid of that competitive so now I feel like I just do it during like board games and card games and stuff and or when you know you're at the pub and you're playing darts or something yeah. like, and you really got to get competitive so playing a board game, if it doesn't go your way, you flip the game and walk out of the room. And <laughs> no, I'm not, like, I'm not a mean, or I'm not like a one of those. I still play fair, and I don't throw That's good. Room, yeah. That doesn't mean I'm not trying to win either. Right. So, <laughs> so can you uh, can you disclose what time you're hoping to hit when you run your half? Or is that kind of keeping that close to the vest? Oh, well, I want to get under two hours for sure, which to most people that's probably like nothing but i'm not like i said a long distance runner but because i think under two is like around nine minute miles mm -hmm. which for 13 miles in a row that to me that seems pretty dang good yeah i'd say so <laughs> <laughs> just thinking about running for two hours in a row just nonstop is kind of it's kind of scary yeah well and you know what's crazy though it's like we practiced for two hours and we ran like the whole time you don't think about it that's true so but to just go out and just 
run on pavement. I mean, yeah. I'm trying to get myself to, I'm trying to get myself to like it. it and it's nice sometimes, but there's I, some days where I'm, I have to I have to admit I'm not really feeling it, but it's getting better. It's getting better. <laughs> I've got a great idea. What if we okay. get Coach Steinmeier to just talk for two hours and we'll record it and then just listen to that when you run and whenever he's done talking, you know you're done. Yeah, I'd probably run faster, wouldn't I? <laughs> yeah. Just try to get done quicker so you can shut it off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm up for anything to try to get me to go faster. I mean, donuts, anything at the finish line, whatever you got. Yeah. Whatever can get me to finish faster, get it over with. So, well, and unfortunately, it got postponed because of, you know, everything that's right. going on. So it's kind of weird because you're, you know, you're training for eight to 10 weeks and then now it's getting moved to August. So now I have to restart the training in June and start all over. Oof, that's rough. But I, I know. So I might just run my own little half marathon and go grab my t-shirt and say I did it. You should. I'm excited. I will give you a, a little insider tip though with the Rock the Parkway. About five miles in, there's a neighborhood in Kansas City that puts out beer and donuts for everybody running. So oh. there's that to look forward to, I guess. <laughs> right? <laughs> if you can drink a beer while you're running. But... <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'll meet the two-hour mark if that's the case. Yeah, well, close. <laughs> All right. Last thing I'm going to leave you with, then I'll, I'll let you go, okay? Okay. We're in a, we're in a weird time, coronavirus. Everything's shut mm -hmm. down, so there's a whole lot more Netflix, TV being watched. What would you give people to sit down and watch a series, a movie, something like that during this time? Oh, man. I have a two-year-old, so we are like Disney Plus here. Mm. I mean, it's on all day, every day. But um, I personally, the one show that I do watch in my free time, I love This Is Us. But mm. it's also kind of sad sometimes <laughs> and depressing. So maybe that's not something good to watch right now. I think everyone just needs to watch like The Office or Friends. There you go. I've heard good things about This Is Us, but I've never watched it. I'm more of just an office guy. It's good, but like it's, it's definitely a tearjerker sometimes. So I don't know if you want to get real deep. Maybe you need to delight. Go with like The Office or something funny. There you go. Well, if we come back around and do one on shows, we'll watch The Office, and then we'll, or the, the This Is Us, then we'll get together and break it down. So. Yep, sounds great. Awesome. Kelly, thank you very much for your time, and, and congrats for everything you accomplished at Northwest, and as well as some of those records still hanging around with the three-point record, also career steals. We really appreciate your time and joining us here on Bearcat Rewind. Thank you for having me. Thanks again to Kelly Nelson for joining us on Bearcat Rewind and talking about her playing days at Northwest Missouri State University. If this is the first time you've listened to our podcast, check out some of our previous ones. We've recently had Deshaun Cooper and Bryson Williams, a couple players for the men's basketball side on our podcast as well. We appreciate you listening. Please subscribe, rate, review, and tell your friends about the podcast. I'm Matt Tritton. We will talk to you again next time.